welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerich, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us uh, uh, Danny Sinkfield. He is the Harvestfield team leader for Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, and uh, he's here for some training that uh, he's helped being a part of here at Carson Springs. And so he has been gracious to come over and just spend some time talking to us, especially about uh, the Blue Oval City, which... Um, I'm sure we're going to jump into that, and a lot of people may not know what that is uh, in uh, really West Tennessee, but we'll talk more about that. Danny, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I'm uh, very happy to be here. And um, my role with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board is rather new. In fact, I'm just uh, barely at a year. Uh, For the past nearly three decades, I've had the privilege of serving as senior pastor at Faith Baptist in Bartlett. So I'm a Memphis guy, born and raised Mm -hmm. in Memphis. We uh, continue to live there. We live in the city of Bartlett. And about a year ago, I transitioned from uh, serving there as a pastor to come and uh, to work with um, the pastors and the churches in West Tennessee. Our our state um, is divided up into six regions we've called harvest fields. Um, I think it's a brilliant idea to yeah. have you know folks living in the harvest field. And um, I have about 15 counties in West Tennessee. That's about 530 churches and pastors. Wow. And as is true across our state, many of them are small, rural, bivocational guys. Mm-hmm. And it has been an incredible season for me just to come alongside. A lot of the guys, as you know, are discouraged. Some, mm-hmm. you know, just have had some tough pre-COVID, post-COVID days. And, and so we're uh, really loving that that ministry and and uh, looking forward to the season ahead. Right. Well, and I know that uh, uh, for the harvest field specialist, I mean, it's not an easy job to have that many. You said you have 500 churches in your harvest field area. And that's a probably what, – what's your mileage span in Harvestville 1? Yeah, yeah. For me, because it's um, – uh, we have some large cities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Memphis being the largest one of those in the Mid-South Association. I have 11 associations. My, my furthest reach, I go from Memphis, so the Mississippi River, to the Tennessee River on the south side near Savannah, mm-hmm. and then up all the way to Kentucky. But, you know, where I live, I'm only two hours from home. Mm-hmm. At any given day, and right. uh, in my travel, so I'm, I'm home most nights, and yeah. uh, can uh, you know make good use of those days. Right. And well, we have other specialists to help help, but still, you get a handful, and and to cover 500 churches, it takes it, it takes a lot of effort to make contact with those pastors, which is which is great. They yeah. they they need it. They need uh, and and you know many probably from other states don't get that. Uh, they don't may not even see. Uh, someone from the convention, a representative. All. Yeah, so I work really closely with our uh, directors of mission, mm-hmm. associational missionaries in those areas. But you know, the relational capital that I've had uh, lifetime, basically yeah. in in West Tennessee, but also thirty years as senior pastor, has served well. You mm-hmm. know, I, I know a lot of the guys, mm-hmm. and 
um, of course, I'm still meeting some new friends, new faces, and uh, I love I love that part of this uh, of this ministry. Well, tell me about about your family. Sure, my wife Ryan and I um, uh, met and married uh, young. We kind of grew up together. We married uh, freshman in college. We've mm. been married for f- almost forty two years coming wow. up in just a few weeks. Forty two years. We have three grown sons: Jonathan, Josh, and Joey. And uh, they have given us uh, five grandsons wow. and two granddaughters. Hmm. So that was a game changer for us to finally get some girls in the family. All of them currently live uh, fairly close to us, so 10, 15 minutes away. Wow, that's nice. Uh, my wife, Rhonda, is a union graduate. <clears throat> she um, uh, has her degree in social work. She was an adoption specialist for years. Hmm. And uh, now she's gone back to school uh, as a grandmother, right. uh, getting her master's degree in biblical counseling. That's a passion for her. And she loves doing, uh, you know, uh, we do marriage conferencing together. Yeah. In fact, that's been one of the uh, great joys uh, over the last year in this new role. We've had seven uh, different churches or associations invite us to come to do marriage weekends, Indeed. which has been very cool. Yeah. And so she thought, if we're going to do this, I better get some tools right. and some training. So. Um, yeah, but our family is very, uh, very special to us, and we're still members at Faith Baptist in Bartlett. We love that church. She teaches fifth grade Sunday school. Um, she doesn't travel with me every Sunday, and one of the cool things for me in this new role is getting to be in uh, different churches, mm-hmm. a different pulpit, just about every Sunday. Right. And um, one of the things that I've learned, because you know, as a senior pastor, we don't get out much. Right. <laughs> but God has great people everywhere. Yeah. In all size churches, different settings, and uh, you know, one of the things we say at Tennessee Baptist mission board is we serve churches and so just to be able to go in there and uh to say thank you yeah. for a faithful partnership and for their uh you know gospel influence in their community is a is a, a blessing right awesome well i wanted to i know that your focus has been especially when uh they have announced to this blue oval city that's coming into our state which is a major major thing and so once you just spend some time just tell us a little bit about you know the beginning of that what it is and and we'll kind of go from there yeah you know the term blue oval city is um uh taken from the ford logo if you look at a ford truck or ford car they have that little blue oval with ford uh, written in there and so um back a year and a half ago um the announcement was made it was had been kept secret for a long time that the Ford Motor Company had purchased um, over 4,000 acres from Mm. the Tennessee Valley Authority in very rural and very impoverished South Haywood County. The little town of Stanton Mm -hmm. is the epicenter of this. It's um, uh, going uh, down I-40, it's exit uh, 42, Mm -hmm. and uh, just north of that exit, um, the plant is coming up out of the ground. It's a massive undertaking. Uh, Ford Motor Company has invested $5.6 billion dollars b with a b and uh they uh of course initially came in and tore up the roads moving you know dirt and all that stuff they've repaved those roads they Mm -hmm. they have 500 million dollars of incentives back into the community they've helped uh haywood county high school they you know they're doing some really good things to be good neighbors because they know that not everybody in that uh, region is happy with uh the changes and the growth and uh, so I, I was meeting with um, some pastors, Dr. Randy Davis and I. We were on the town square in Brownsville, Tennessee, sitting around a table. And one of the pastors said, hey, we need somebody to help coordinate all this. We need somebody to, you know, be the guy that we can, you know, that we can pass information through and, and, t- and talk about. So Dr. Davis just looked at me and said, I think Danny's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, nominated, voted, and uh, the, the answer is yes, sir. Right. And, uh, but it, but it's, a great, it's a great opportunity for us to really partner together with um, so many of our churches in that, in that area. 
Um, there are uh, now over 50 churches involved in what we call a Blue Oval City Partnership or a coalition. Mm-hmm. We just had a meeting uh, in Brownsville, Tennessee at the Brownsville Baptist Church. Um, and uh, again, over 50 uh, pastors and leaders, laymen, leaders in the church were there talking about strategies. So mm-hmm. we, we've, got, we've got a little roadmap. Um, we've got a lot of work to do. You know, I think we're we're right on time. We're still early on. There, the 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 buildings and the plant is under construction, mm-hmm. but there are three thousand construction workers present in that wow. in that area now that we're able to uh, to minister to. We're trying to get our foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the privilege of speaking to a group of veterans from the the umbrella corporation. It's called Walbridge. Yeah. A lady who's an engineer there joined one of our partner churches. Mm. Somebody put us together, and she invited me to come and speak to the veterans to pray over them. Mm. And then recently, we got a call from that company that said, "Hey, do you guys have? Do you ever do any like chaplain work? Um, we've had two of our construction workers commit suicide. Oh, wow! In recent days, you know. So even through tragedy, yeah. man, you know, God's opening doors." For us to love on some people and our our churches in that area you know some of them again very small very rural yeah. um, bivocational guys they have leaned into this opportunity they're finding ways to be creative to you know take gifts or food uh, you know whatever we can do to meet uh, human needs and share right. the gospel so many of the workers are living you know in little sketchy hotels at mm. the exits they're living in a, in RV parks around the community yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness a lot of spiritual need there and our churches man I've never been more proud to be a Tennessee Baptist yeah. they are stepping up they have a passion they see this is a literally a golden opportunity yeah that's neat so so tell me what the landscape is going to be like how I mean, what's how many employers are they going to have? What's that going to change this whole rural area? What's it going to look like? Yeah, well, the the this this particular Ford plant is um, the home of the uh, all electric Ford F one fifty Lightning truck. That's going to be their primary their, their primary vehicle that they're they're manufacturing mm-hmm. there, and so um, they're expecting uh, between eight and ten thousand employees. This wow. this place is massive. When you drive by or go you know near it. It, it's really hard to, to wrap your mind around how big it. Also, the accompanying uh, South Korean battery plant is right there in the same location. Oh. All kinds of companies. Uh, there's a there's a, some kind of computer chip company coming up into Lake County, way up in Union City. So the whole area is going to be impacted. But but the the, the possibilities and uh, the research, <clears throat> excuse me, that we, you know, that we are looking at tells us that somewhere around ninety thousand people <laughs> are coming to rural West Tennessee. Wow. And if that's true, Kevin. If, if ninety thousand people were all to live in one spot, that would make that the the eighth largest city in our state. Wow! Um, we know that they're going to be dispersed over about six or seven counties. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these little rural hamlets, um, a lot of the farmers already, um, you know, have have uh, developers wanting to buy their land. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be new neighborhoods that are developed, new schools, new infrastructure, uh, and so little little towns are going to become larger towns. Yeah. And a lot of people. Um, means that there are lost people. Right. And so, you know, we, we've got some things in mind as we think about the plant's not going to open until 2025, yeah. but we want to be ready right. um, for, we, we want our churches that are there already to be strengthened. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole strategy for that. And then we are um, looking at planting uh, or, or actually partnering with mother churches in the area that would, would plant about four new churches a year mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. So we're thinking about 40 new church plants yeah. over the next decade, Wow, which is pretty exciting. We've already got you know uh, partner churches lined up yeah. that said we want to be a part of that. Even some of our small churches from across the other side of the state hmm. are saying, hey, we want to we partner. 
count on us. We're in it. And so the word's gotten out. This is a statewide, you know, opportunity. We, we hope that we'll have mission teams come over and, you know, help some of these small struggling churches prepare uh, for the for the harvest that's coming. Yeah. What an opportunity. I mean, not many states have an opportunity like this. And I wonder, and, I, and I, other state conventions, when they have, uh, you know, a, a company comes in like, like this, may not be as big, but still impacts their a, a community if they pour their resources in like we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great opportunity for those churches. So what's the, what's the, what's the struggle that you are, can already see that uh, our churches are going to face in trying to get to where to go where we want to go? You know, obviously, um, this kind of growth and trying to meet the ministry needs, there's going to take uh, considerable resources. Mm -hmm. So we're asking our churches to begin to think, you know, in terms of good stewardship, uh, to bring to bear through their missions offerings, but particularly through our golden offering Mm -hmm. for Tennessee Missions. Um, Dr. Davis has been very clear that we want to earmark significant amounts of resources in that offering mm-hmm. for the purposes of, you know, reaching into this this uh, part of our state, to plant new churches, strengthen the existing churches, et cetera. Um, you know, our compassion ministries are going to come to bear there. One of the things that was a struggle is a lot of these small little towns, Stanton, Tennessee, for instance, Mason, uh, Braden, just south of there, they're um, very, very... Um, impoverished. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of human need. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of um, a lot of displaced people. And um, you know, if, if the church if the churches don't respond, who will? Right. So we have again a great chance to show the love of Christ, um, to to meet human need, to share the gospel. Um, and and right now, some of the smaller churches are just trying to figure out, man, how do we even get ready for this? Right. You know, I've got a bivocational pastor. We have limited resources, very small facilities, but now we, we've got you know some larger churches coming alongside mm-hmm. and adopting these small churches, saying, "Hey, awesome. let's partner together. Let us help you reach these construction workers in the RV parks. Let's help you get your nursery ready." Mm-hmm. So it is a it's a dual track. It's not just starting new churches, but it's you know really preparing for some of the small churches to be ready for the harvest right. as well. And this is a probably a specific age group. I would my guess would be well, I mean it could range from from 20 upper 20s, 30s to 40s, probably majority of those people who are be moving in, I, you think? I, I think we're talking about families. Yeah. yeah, I think we're talking about, you know, couples with kids. So it's going to be imperative and, and some of the counties are already aware that hey, our school system's not ready. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some state money coming in, there's some, you know, there's some preparation happening now to get infrastructure ready. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to really minister to the whole family, but it's going to be folks that are coming there for careers, not, not mm-hmm. just, um, you know, the laborers, but executives as right. well who are going to, you know, come there and they're going to be looking for uh, places to worship. We've already seen that happen. Uh, one of our churches, one of our pastors, Brownsville Baptist, told the story of uh, on a particular service that he heard the voice of an amen that he didn't recognize <laughs> and uh, met him after the service. He was a guy who was a welder who was there on the construction team from yeah. Detroit, Michigan, huh. who said he found that church on, you know, a Google search and uh, needed a place to worship. Yeah. And uh, there are going to be some people that are coming that are, you know, already in the in the family. Uh, and then there are those, of course, that are um, that are uh, in need of the gospel, in need of Christ. So, yeah. so if there, say, if there's a pastor who's listening to this podcast over there in West Tennessee right now, close to the area, small church that hasn't made a really a contact, and are thinking, of course, obviously, we we would you would tell them 
they need to contact you or talk to the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. But maybe it's not one of our Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. If you give them some advice, how do you begin to prepare for this? Sure, we have you know we have good information on some steps to take on our um, website. We have a, a Tennessee Baptist uh, landing page for Blue Oval City, mm-hmm. tnbaptist.org/slash/blueovalcity, and you'll go to that landing page. There's lots of information about ways you, you can get involved or things that your church needs to be thinking about doing. You can read stories that have been written, articles that have been written, see some videos, etc. But one of the things I would say to any church man, if you're you know in the area, I just remind our pastors we are in the people business. Mm-hmm. And uh, one small church that I preached at re- on a recent Sunday morning, they had um, they had their arms, a stiff arm. They didn't like yeah. any of this. And so I was just able to communicate that, that the Great Commission, you know, this this is plays right into that. And how many times in our lifetime we have this opportunity to see hundreds and thousands of people coming to our, you know, right. coming to our part of the world. Right. So. Yeah. And yeah, it's not to uh, if you try to uh, just reject this idea and say you're not going to change, I'm not going to do it, then you're really kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, you're kind of doomed because it's going to overwhelm you. Like it or not, it's coming. That, that's right. And, you know, I'll be not very specific, but we've had a similar situation in another part of our state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe um, there wasn't as much planning, preparation, prayer, and um, maybe some churches weren't getting as ready as they should have. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, the growth went around them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, um, the Holy Spirit works, you know, in places where he's wanted right. and where he's invited. And so we, we don't want to miss an opportunity. We, we don't want to ignore the fact that God has, you know, this this company could have, you know, planted this big place in any any part of the country they right. wanted but they here it is sovereignly directed i think in west tennessee mm-hmm. uh in a part of the our state that really doesn't have a lot of a lot of hope so many of those little towns you know are just declining you know mm-hmm. people move out they're not even coming back so um it's a game changer you know for our churches that are existing there and i'm, I'm really excited about the, the the church planners that are coming our way the new churches are going to mm-hmm. are going to thrive i think yeah um you know we have an opportunity you know, to do this with excellence and for God's glory. Yeah. So, you know, we live in a new time and we're always, I think our churches, uh, hopefully most of our churches are rethinking how they do ministry because, you know, COVID has changed everything. And we have a generation that's uh, that's becoming more or will become more of the leadership of the church. And, and so we're already struggling with that anyway. And so here we're being thrust into this, uh, this, this company coming in and, and, and be a major uh, draw for all these new lost people uh, in our state. And so that's going to be very challenging mm-hmm. for, for everyone. And so, you know, and of course, I don't like to say, talk about things that kind of date podcasts because, you know, you might look back a year past and and think, but, you know, there seems to be a sense of awakening across our country. And so I don't know how long this will continue if, you know, uh, but easily within a couple of years as we have this influx of people from all over the country coming into Mm -hmm. our state. And then, so, I mean, that's really exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, without dating the podcast, it's just interesting and I think not coincidental. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that right here in real time, our country's seeing sparks of revival, mm-hmm. you know, across the way. And I think this this is part of that. Yeah. I just think that, you know, uh, the old hymn that we used to sing growing up, you know, mercy drops around us are falling, falling, but for the showers we plead. Mm-hmm. And I just think this could be one of those, you know, revival showers, you yeah. know, of, of lost people coming to the kingdom and churches you know, being strengthened and growing. And, uh, you know, and also one of the things that is obvious is the whole world. You know, we're talking about people from South Korea. Hmm. Um, I, one of our pastors and I were, again, we're in a meeting in Brownsville. <clears throat> I, I paid for the meal, so I was late coming out. And uh, he was out there engaging, you yeah. know, two guys from Seoul, South Korea, on the town square of Brownsville, Tennessee. Hmm. This is a God thing. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's, a, uh, again, just such a beautiful thing to see. We're going to need to plant some language churches, you know, um, of different uh, ethnicities. Uh, thank the Lord for our, our new churches team, mm-hmm. William Burton, Lewis, uh, McMullen, Ed yeah. Reed. <clears throat> These guys are awesome. Yeah, and, uh, are. you know, they're really helping to coordinate the conversation around that. Um, and so we're building a, you know, we're building a task force. Uh, but all of this comes from the local church. Right. You know, we, we um, are just there to... Uh, to encourage, support, to resource, and coordinate, communicate some things with them. Our media team is doing a great job. One of the things we're asking for right now, Kevin, is for churches to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're putting together, uh, you know, a little prayer packet that they can use. That's a that's a hard copy piece, but also a video. It's a prayer driving video of different stops around the Blue Oval area. That's neat. And so that you know, maybe a WMU group from Northeast Tennessee could come over and you know pray around right. that area um, over the next uh, season. Yeah. Um, we've got we've got a little bit of time. You know, two years until it opens mm-hmm. but when that thing is up and running it's going to be blowing past us people mm-hmm. are moving in like crazy yeah. and so we can't waste any time um, but we want to invest our you know our, our best thinking our best resources and i would just encourage your listeners man if you have ideas mm-hmm. if uh, pastors you know have ways that they're thinking about, hey our church could do this or get involved that way please let us know and uh, or you don't need to tell us. Just come and you know we, we've called it a Macedonian call. Yeah, you know, come over and help us. Yeah, and uh, thank the Lord for the partnership that we have. So a little church from Mountain City, Tennessee, uh, that might only run thirty people can be involved in this. You know what? There's a multitude of ways they can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they. I bet some of those thirty would have some skills that could come over and help one of our small churches mm-hmm. in that in that you know we call it an impact zone yeah. um, that um, they they need a little bit of paint they need a little bit of something mm-hmm. uh, show show some love but also in in some ways you know some of those churches are very gener- generous yeah. and in their missions offering you know they're given through the golden offering mm-hmm. uh, that's a part of partnership but also they may want to you know say hey we don't have much but we want to be part of a church plant right and so we might meet with uh, maybe there are five or eight or ten of those churches mm-hmm. how could we sponsor a church plant Planner. Yeah, that's conversation that we're having right now as well. Right. So, and, and there's lots of ways to to sponsor a church plan. Yes. Sir. I mean, you, uh, little church, small church can uh, desperately need prayer. That's that's the foundation of it all. Uh, just to be able to send a, a small team, like you said, to just do some work or help do evangelism or just build some relationships, help them VBS. I mean, a number of things they could do that uh, would be inexpensive. Or more so if they if they have the funds to do that. You know that's that's right. One of the things we're saying right now, and I think over the next you know several years, um, our churches send mission teams all over the country mm-hmm. as we should around the world. That's part of the X one eight challenge. Right. But but right here, 
You know, I, I want our churches to see this opportunity as a real, you know, close to home opportunity where you can send your your students, college students, um, you know, adults to come over, men and women, come over and, and do some uh, do some work. I, I think it's going to be an opportunity uh, for us to invest in the kingdom work here in our state for years to come. Right. Well, Danny, if, if someone's listening to it, they want to find some more information or talk to someone. Where would they go? Yeah, you can. You can actually. My um, my cell phone number is out there. You know, on it. So Danny Sinkfield. My phone number is 901-619-6110. You can call or text anytime. Uh, also through that web page that I mentioned. Um, our contacts are available there, and you can leave messages. tnbaptist.org forward slash Blue Oval City. Uh, contact anyone at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board in any way possible. Contact my friend Kevin. That's he right. can get you in touch. That's right. And uh, we are available. And, um, you know, one of our roles is to help communicate how we can work together. Mm, great. Danny, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes and sit down with me. This is great information. Uh, and there's a lot more that I'm sure you'd be willing to be able to share with someone. So I appreciate you telling us that. Sure. And I'll come back, man. I, I like to come, you know, to East Tennessee and sit down with you anytime. So yeah. uh, let's do it again. We can do that. Yeah, That'd right. be great. And uh, the weather's been great. So <laughs> great. Well, uh, those who are listening to our podcast right now, if you're listening to uh, iTunes or Spotify, Please leave a comment or just follow us. That'll help others to maybe encourage them to listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you. You might have some questions for Danny or what we do at TM Baptist Camps. Please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will share the good news of Christ with someone you know today. Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at carsonpodcast at tnbaptist.org.